Welcome to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFBA. Over the next hour, you'll be introduced to business and local leaders impacting our community. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756. Now, the host of Town Talk, Ted Schubel. Safe Harbor Child Advocacy Center, our focus this morning. Elizabeth McNally, the executive director, is here this morning. Elizabeth, good morning. Good to have you here this morning. Good morning, Ted. Thank you for having me, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I have not seen you since, I guess, what was like the middle, later in October. Correct. For, yes. for, uh, for the Save Jane event. Yes. In, uh, in in Market Square. And, and, and once again, just a really powerful event where you were able to really show the community just the... The numbers and the what what Safe Harbor deals with when you're dealing with uh, with, with with the uh, children who are victims. Yeah, child child abuse is happening. It's happening. We're in our neighborhood where we live, and our role is to bring attention to that. And Save Jane this year was our fourth fourth annual, so it is becoming really just an event that yeah. we do every year. So we're very committed to it. Um, had wonderful turnout from the community sponsors. Um, and I think as we were talking about a few minutes ago, we read over t- uh, 10,000 names, Yeah, which that equates to at least 10,000 children in our region being reported to, or cases of abuse being reported to uh, investigators, which, which is, is a massive yeah. number, hard to comprehend. It's, ju- it's, it's <clears throat> the kind of thing that we don't hear about every day, so we don't. It, it, but it's happening, and I yeah. think that's that's the concern, and that's what Save Jane really illustrates. Yes, we don't we don't hear about it, and I think that it, it we don't want to think about it either. Mm-hmm. We yeah, don't want right. to think that that happens that children are sexually and physically abused in our neighborhoods, um, in our towns, in our cities, and and yet it does happen. And so it's it's critically important to make sure that we bring light to what's happening with those kids and make sure that they get the services they need so they can heal um, and, and stop the offenders uh, as well. Right. So, that's, uh, and I guess, and I think that's the thing too, You when, when we do hear about it, we're, we're all just, you know, you are traumatized yourself to, mm-hmm. to, to, to heal. To see some of these things and to think that these things are happening, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes right in our own neighborhoods mm-hmm. is is troubling. It is. It's very troubling, and yet, um, and yet, we have to face it. We have hmm. to face that it is happening. And and thankfully, resource like Safe Harbor is available in our community. Um, like we were talking about a few minutes ago, we are we are the only nonprofit five hundred one c three in the region that delivers the types of services that we do, and so kids can receive a comprehensive uh, um, set of services that helps them get to that healing that we want them to have and become productive members of society themselves. Um, So we're the only ones doing that in our region. And you've told in the past some stories of of people who who have some, some victims thanks to the thanks to what Safe Harbor does have have come out on the other side and, and just have, have have great stories and it's always so heartwarming to know that, that 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 there is success in what you do there is and i mean we look for successes in all different facets of kids lives so it's not just the reduction of their trauma symptoms that they might have been experiencing after their abuse um it's everything from how are they doing in school are they integrated in school are their are their grades improving um are they participating in extracurricular activities do they have 
relationships with healthy people in the community. Um, so we're looking at all those types of things, and we do. We are in the privileged position of being able to watch the arc of their healing mm. as well. So they're coming to us because all of our services are delivered in one physical space. Um, we first see them initially right after, typically right after their abusive situation is, has been brought to light. Um, and if they engage in therapy with us, they're coming back to us on a weekly basis, typically for therapy. And and so we, if we're not the therapist like me, I'm not I'm not a therapist, but I see the kids coming and going, and yeah. I and I and I interact with them myself. Um, and like I said, we we are privileged to be able to see the arc of their of their healing process. So not everybody gets to see that either. Yeah. yeah. And so it's it's hard, I think, for the community to understand sometimes just how valuable um, that service is. Yet you and I mean there, there are there are several other organizations in the community that where you're just really not able to talk about as much or to give is is to be as specific sometimes as you would like to be to Correct. be able to tell some of these stories. Yeah, the number one priority for us is to ensure that you know children's confidentiality is protected. I mean that that is crucial uh, for a number of reasons, um, and so it is it is kind of difficult to tell. Um, to kind of share with the community about what we do and and how we help kids heal um, for that reason, but we we take every opportunity like you provide us here at Town Talk <laughs> to come and talk about what we do. Yeah. But you're right; it is it is a challenge. Well, you brought up in something that we don't think about about Elizabeth is just the fact that we 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 talk about the the abuse and they they come and what you're able to do but then there's the after mm. there's to the you know getting them back re, you know getting them back into school and and for healthy relationships mm-hmm. and just for life right and that i mean one of the one of the services that we provide um has the potential to be connected to kids for several years so um we provide therapy, which is typically um, a 12 to 18 week process once the child starts. Um, it's total, The amount of time is totally based on what the child needs, uh, but typically it's 12 to 18 weeks. And then we have another role um, on our team called an advocate, so a child mm-hmm. and family advocate. And <clears throat> those individuals are connected with kids from the beginning of their case, and they can stay connected with kids all the way through the life of their um, legal case. So if there is a case being prosecuted, their offenders being prosecuted, uh, folks on my team can be working with that child for multiple years um, as the case goes mm. through the legal system. And that's a huge commitment on the behalf of the CAC to provide ongoing services for that length of time. Yeah. But again, it, it allows us to, to, to intervene in that whole arc of, of healing. Um, and that's when we start to see a little bit later down the road things like you mentioned, like how they're integrating in the community and school. And are they getting back to just being kids? Right. <laughs> and doing normal kid things. Um, yeah. yeah. To be able to see that, it's got to be just yeah. really, yeah. Th- really thrilling. It's, I, think, I think I can speak for my team when I say that it's what gives us part of what gives us the motivation to continue and mm. what's a very difficult job um, is to be able to see what uh, – the strides that kids can make, yeah. Yeah. Quick break, and now we're going to continue on with Elizabeth McNally this morning with uh, Safe Harbor, safeharborva.org, if you want to find out more information there, or you can check them out on Facebook. More on News Talk 1230 WFVA. 
Welcome back to Town Talk on News Talk 1230. You can weigh in about today's topic on Facebook at WFVA 1230 and by text at 540-371-5756. Here's your host, Ted Schubel. Elizabeth McNally here this morning from Safe Harbor Child Advocacy Center, safeharborva.org. If you want to find out more, they got a great website and also a, a, a Facebook page. So I have been hearing uh, and, and, and seen some things, Elizabeth, just about... Uh, Funding the the uh, it's a what a fe- it's federal money the victims of uh, crime act, act. Mm-hmm. and so that provides a lot of funding and I guess with everything that's going on with with the federal government and everything some of that money's at risk now of getting yes. it um, yes so every CAC pretty much in the United States um, is is funded by the victims of crime act to some degree or another. Um, so it's a large pool of of money that gets uh, distributed out to CACs in in various manners. So in Virginia, um, we're one of nineteen CACs who are receiving funding funding through VOCA, um, and the VOCA fund has been dwindling over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were notified a couple of months ago, I believe, that we would be incurring a sixty percent cut to our VOCA pot. Um, as a CAC um, in the next fiscal year. And that for us equates to over $100,000. Wow. Um, So VOCA is for us the largest part of our budget. It comprises the largest part of our budget. Um, And so that's a huge hit um, for us. And so we've been working with um, our state chapter um, and obviously appealing to the community as well to come up with multiple strategies to try to address this issue um but nothing has been finalized in terms of what's happening around the state and with the federal government um so we're still in the position of not knowing whether that funding is going to be whether we're going to be able to close that gap with some other funding or or there's going to be some other resolution so um we're not sure what that means in terms of ultimately it Ultimately, it will mean that there are children who will not receive services. That's what's that really funding is cut. Yeah, yeah, that's what's really kind of concerning about this whole thing. Yeah, that's that's sixty percent. That's a lot of money. It's huge, and it's um, it, I, there are ways. I, there are really are ways that it that it could be fixed at the federal level. Um, and so, like I said, there's multiple irons in the fire to try to to put a, a, a fix in place. Um, but it, it needs to happen very soon in order to not impact our, our next year's um, budget. So again, like I said, we are appealing to the community. Um, we as a CAC have also uh, looked for ways to acquire other funding through grants and things like that. Um, but And we've been somewhat successful, um, but it's a large amount of money to try to make up in a short amount of time. Right. Um, so um, any help that we can, further help that we can get from the community, we will certainly welcome. <laughs> and we just talked about, and, and I guess that's where we, you know, we, we, we talk about your the the, the, the people that uh, you know on your team that, mm-hmm. that deal with kids and everything. Mm-hmm. That's where it's that's where this this cut's going to be just, right. just devastating. Right. I mean, the largest the largest part of our budget we have about a five hundred forty thousand dollar budget, and the largest part the largest expenses. Our salaries so we we deliver services to kids and families every mm-hmm. day so we have other expenses of course as well we pay rent we pay utilities things like that but the largest part is salaries and so salaries 
and people and those services will take a big cut if those funds are not um, if we're not able to backfill um, those VOCA funds, um, meaning kids won't get the services they need. So they'll either be stuck in situations where they're continuing to be abused mm -hmm. or they won't have the help they need to heal from abuse. Um, there just will, will not be a place for kids to go and get the services that they need or it will be drastically reduced and kids will still be cut out of what they need. And, and over the years, and why I like to, to get together and, and, and have you tell the story about what, what, what Safe Harbor does is because what you do is so unique. Mm. And to have to go back to the way it was, I, nobody wants nobody even, wants that. It's not even fathomable no. really, to, to go back. Um, so for folks who haven't heard me um, talk about it, um, Safe Harbor is a children's advocacy center. And in short, that means it, it's both a place and a process. So we provide a physical space where kids can come and feel safe um, and and are given an opportunity to talk about their abuse in a manner um, that is ultimately legally defensible. So we provide them what's called a forensic interview. Um, the people who deliver the interviews are highly trained. Um, they don't ask leading questions of children. So if a child's statement can be used in a legal case, um, it's the statement is collected in such a way that it's trauma-informed, but it's also legally defensible. Um, so that's a very unique service. Um, and then there's there's a whole um, um, continuum of services that are kind of wrapped around that. So we partner with Mary Washington Healthcare to provide access to forensic nurses. We have a medical exam room on site, so kids don't have to go to the hospital to have medical exams. We have, of course, we've been talking about therapy. Um, therapy is provided at no cost to, mm. to children or caregivers either. So we, the CAC essentially bears that cost and looks for, for ways to fund that. Um, and then we have our advocates that we talked about previously. So there's a whole host of services that surround that forensic interview. Um, we also coordinate the teams of investigators that are working with kids to investigate their, their allegations of abuse. Um, so coordinating means making sure that they those teams have the information they need, but also that they have access to training in an ever-changing field. Um, the field of child abuse investigation is ever-changing. So we wanna make sure they have the latest training. Um, so we are the only entity that does that in our region. Um, so it is very unique and ha we have the potential to to have interaction with, you know, five to 600 kids per year um, through that work that we do. Um, and sadly, uh, there's more kids who need our service, not fewer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and you, and you think of, you look at this area and this is such a high growth area, yes. this whole, this whole region. Yeah. And it, it, it is, you just, you, it, somehow this has to, this has to get figured it, out. It does. And, and it I believe that it will, um, but it, it, it adds a layer of anxiety for the people doing the work to not know what's going to happen. Right. The, the, the work is already very anxiety producing to begin with. <laughs> so, I mean, that's part of my role is to help figure out what's going to happen. Um, but as you kind of led to a little bit earlier, it's, it is impossible to think about what it would be like to go back to not having a, a CAC. Yeah. Um, so that's not even an option. That's really not an option. No, because yeah. when we've talked about we've talked about this many times, you know, in, in over the years, as when 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 Safe Harbor came, it was just it it just was such an eye opener, I think, to all of mm -hmm. us of how it 
how difficult it was for, for, for not only the children, but just the investigators to be able to get the information they needed. What you do now yeah. really, has, really has changed, and, and you are able to get the information, but you're also, like we said, if, if you're able to work with the kids yes. and, 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 and help them deal with what they're going through. Right. And, and, and we're getting the information in a trauma-informed way. And another reason that it's helpful for investigators is that it allows them, the investigators can in real time observe the, the interview and get and work with the interviewer to get the information that they particularly need for to advance their case. Um, back in the old days, the investigators might be interviewing the children themselves, which right. is not... Um, they may be great interviewers, but anytime an investigator can step away and not be in that interviewer role, it gives them an opportunity to focus more on um, investigating the evidence as opposed to being an interviewer of a child. So for so many reasons, it's such a better way for children to, to be able to move through that system. What It's still a system. Um, and for kids to be able to move through that system in a way that um, doesn't re-traumatize them and, and all of the partners are all of the investigators are given a better opportunity to um, to investigate. And to have to ask questions or to go through the process multiple times with different people. And just the friendliness of your, you go into, in, into, in, into to safe harbor. It's not, you're not sitting in, you know, some, you're not sitting in a room with just a table and a chair and, yeah. you know, tell us this for the yes. fourth or fifth time. Our, our partners are as friendly to kids as they can be. Um, but when you don't have a CAC, you're right. You, you, a child may be brought to like a, a, an office at Department of Social Services and it's not child friendly, it's not child focused. Right. Um, our whole facility is child focused, meaning the child is the primary um, focus, <laughs> child focused. Mm -hmm. um, everything that we do is, is built around the child and their experience. Um, we, find, we feel it's very important um, one of the reasons that we wanted to have all of our services in one place is because we start building a relationship with the child the first time they come to us for that forensic interview. Um, if they end up engaging in therapy, um, they feel safe coming back to our building because they've already been there and right. they've already met us. Mm -hmm. And they, we've started to form those relationships with them. And so it's um, that holistic and seamless process is unique and the community benefits tremendously in addition to the kids. The community ben benefits tremendously from it. And it's just, I know that in Fredericksburg, in this region, people do not do not want that service to be gone or to kids to not have access no. to it. No. Yeah. No, and because and because when we were talking a little bit earlier and, and, and you were talking just about how a, a case manager can stay with a person sometimes for, for years, mm -hmm. that helps that that helps everybody. Yeah, yeah. But also to have to have this setup, you you have you're able to make your case stronger, and persons who are guilty, there's a better they're not going to there's a better chance they're going to be convicted and, and not going to walk. Right. And nobody wants right. that. Right. Right. There have been studies done that show simply in regions and cities and towns that have a CAC, there is a higher rate of prosecution um, in those. Places. So just purely by having a CAC, you're already you already have a better chance of of getting those offenders to the to a prosecution to begin with. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I got when I got the letter in the mail 
I was panicky, and I would have contacted you, but I knew a board member, uh-huh. so I got I got the information there because it is like you said, I, the, the community doesn't want this to go away. No, no, I'm sure. So. And the message is going to continue to be out there. Um, so part of part of our you know aim in getting the message out there is me coming here today. I've, I'll of course be sharing this podcast, but we're also involved in. Um, for example, we're going to go to the General Assembly for an advocacy day in hmm. February, okay. February 2nd, February 1st or 2nd. Um, so, again, there are things happening at the state level um, that our state chapter is sort of coordinating, but all the CACs are involved in, in getting the word out there and educating people, not just community folks, residents of the community, but legislators, lawmakers who have um, influence and can help these decisions uh, be made <laughs> to to resolve this problem. Um, so we're working at multiple different levels to try to get it resolved. Um, but yeah, the community will keep hearing about this. <laughs> well, and they, they they should because I look at you. I mean, I, and I, I hate to even mention any other any other groups because the, there's there's there are so many good ones that I don't want to leave anybody out. But the fact is, you're part of this group. You know that we a lot of us we just don't we go about our lives and we don't know. That it's going but then when it when when you know somebody or even if your family then ends up being involved in something like this you're just eternally grateful that there is a safe harbor in our community yeah and 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 thank you for that um but you do raise a good point which is the victims of victims of crime act funding does fund more than just child victims of abuse Mm -hmm. so there are other community agencies that serve survivors of abuse um they might be adult survivors yeah. Who, who are also going to be impacted by the by some loss of VOCA funding. So it's it's victims in general yeah. um, who are going to be impacted. And so um, I know that they're they're working as well to try to get those funds um, replaced. Yeah, it's it's just it it's it's a bad it's it's a terrible problem for victims generally that this funding source is at risk. Yeah, well, and that you have to be all of a sudden. This, like you said, at such short notice. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're hey, you might have to replace this. Right. And and for just for, for everybody. So. Right. Thanks for for just for, just for the update, and uh, we'll continue to talk about it. And if uh, in uh, and, and I guess if, if if someone does want to contact either Senators Warner or Kane or even your General Assembly members. Yeah, we have um, a couple ways that they can do that we've been sending out to our like core group of of advocates and community supporters uh, an e-newsletter and that e-newsletter every two weeks goes out and contains information about who they need to contact and some sample Mm -hmm. messaging um you can go to if you would like to get our newsletter you can go to our website and put your email address in we don't share the email address with anybody else um, but that's another way to get updates from us. You can, of course, go to our website. There's a donate button on every page of our website. So if you want to, if a person wants to donate, um, they can easily do that as well. Um, and to follow our Facebook, um, I am also trying to post as much as possible about the VOCA situation yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. So. so more information on that, we'll, uh, keep, we'll keep you uh, up to date on that. Uh, Elizabeth McNally, Executive Director of Safe Harbor Child Advocacy Center here this morning. Safe Harbor VA. O-R-G. More on News Talk 1230 WFVA. It is 831. From the Fredericksburg.today online news studios, this is News Talk 1230 WFVA, Fredericksburg, a centennial broadcasting station focused on Fredericksburg. This is Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. 
Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And now, here's your host, Ted Schubel. It is Elizabeth McNally here this morning with Safe Harbor Child Advocacy Center. Safeharborva.org is uh, the website, also Facebook. With, uh, with all kinds of information we don't often talk about we just we've we mentioned we've mentioned a little bit this morning but probably need to mention more that if people do want to donate to safe harbor mm-hmm. you can do that and you should do that absolutely yes uh we we do depend on philanthropy from the community and our almost newly redesigned website it's been up for a few months now um has options all throughout to to donate um so anywhere that you see on our website the donate button you can safely click there um, and use PayPal or another source to donate um, you can also just call us <laughs> we'll be happy to talk to anybody yeah. about how to donate sometimes at the end of the calendar year folks are looking at donating like stocks or other things like that um, please just call us if you have a question about that or a question about how to donate or if you'd prefer to write a check and mail it to us we'll make sure you have the address um, just give us a call we'll be happy to talk to you I find it so interesting, Elizabeth, that the 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 uh, in, in it goes with every locality. The law enforcement people that I know who talk about Safe Harbor mm-hmm. just talk about what you and what Safe Harbor does in just such. I mean, they just hold you in such high esteem, oh. and I know you have a great partnership with all of them, and that's really what makes what really makes this work. That that they see the value and and and, are, and have really gotten involved big time yeah it, it's it's thank you and it, it it's a self-fulfilling kind of cycle um in order to do child advocacy work and provide a multidisciplinary response to kids you have to depend on partnerships hmm. and so safe harbor was formed um really formed uh, the steering committee actually was put together by forensic nurses um and so there were medical, law enforcement, Commonwealth Attorney's Office, uh, victim witness programs, all have to, and mental health, all come together and they work as a team in order to provide that team response to children. And then once you're doing that work for a while and the CAC is part of that team, and you have people on the team who are delivering services to kids. So I have a forensic interviewers on staff who do amazing, uh, an amazing job. I have therapists who do an amazing job. Yeah. Um, the teams, the investigative teams start to gel. You start to get um, some wins with prosecution. You start to get convictions. Um, and then those partnerships deepen. Yeah, I and, bet. And and the, the, the team members become more interdependent and rely on each other more. And I think we've thankfully reached that stage where, like you just said, um, our our partners, I think it is a fair statement to say that they do rely us and, and hold us in high esteem. Um, so we're, I'm very proud of our team and what we've been able to accomplish and, and provide the community. Um, without those team, without strong team teamwork, you still you, you won't have the same result for children. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it kids have to have that teamwork of their investigators. Um, and it's it's the only way to really get a, a positive outcome for kids is is, is when the, the team members are, are working together. Well, I just think I mean knowing where you're at. I mean you 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 have a you don't you don't have this huge office complex. It's just a, <laughs> it's a it's a little small office, and just the impact though that you have 
in 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 the community i think is just so and again it's 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 the kind of thing where you can't always stand up and say look at us look at us this is what we did today yes that, yes. it, that doesn't that doesn't happen, and that that's why it's it, it sometimes is hard to yeah. get that word out. Yeah, and and even the, the is is as powerful as the the Save Jane event is. Again, it's just there's just there's you just aren't able to say a lot. On, you know, just be just just because. Right, right. We're 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 quiet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're quiet, and and that's not unique to us. I mm-hmm. mean, CACs. Yeah. Kind of have to be quiet. But it, it, it does make it hard in times when we need the community's help to get that attention back right. on the CAC. Um, it, it does make it kind of difficult. So it's a, it's, it's a tightrope that we're walking all the time, I think, of educating the community about what we do while protecting the confidentiality of kids. And that's the, that is the most important. And yet we also need the community to know what we're doing and how how we make the community stronger and how the community can support us, especially in times like this when our funding is at risk. It's hard. It's, yeah. In April, and we'll we'll have you in and in, in talk about this even more, about when there's the, the, the focus on, on child abuse yes. throughout the month of April. But it really became clear to me years ago when localities started putting the pinwheels up. Mm-hmm. And to go around and see those in Spotsylvania, mm-hmm. Stafford, the city, and, and, and elsewhere, to go places and see those pinwheels that represented a, a certain number of, of uh, victims in, in, in each locality mm-hmm. shows you that, that we don't see that but it does happen yes yeah and that's that's where uh that that's where everybody we talk to everybody we have talked about being involved in this is 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 so vital to to making a community stronger and, and healthier yes healthier <laughs> and stronger like you said um and we're we'll be planning some activities for child abuse um interve- excuse me child abuse awareness month um like you said which is april and we do um, to the best of our ability, we try to be at all of those events where our, our partners are planting the, mm-hmm. the pinwheel gardens and things like that. Um, and we do a, a small pinwheel garden at our location as well. Um, but we're, we're we'll be planning some activities. Um, the the month will be kind of capped off with our fifth. It'll be our fifteenth annual golf tournament. Um, mm, okay, so it's been going for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so April 29th uh, will be the 15th annual golf tournament, and that is going to be held at um, Fredericksburg Country Club. And the community is super supportive. Of I was going to say event. that's been a been a popular thing. Uh, it's a very, people love it. Yeah, yeah, and it, it and it's a great day. I mean, mm-hmm. um, the country club is awesome. I don't play golf, but <laughs> but it's great to just be outdoors yeah. in a beautiful setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, I mean, it's sold out every year, and I'm, I don't. I don't think to, this year will be any different. Um, so, please check our website. Look at our Facebook. We'll be posting more information about how to register for that coming up soon. Um, but right now, just save the date if you're interested. And uh, we usually do raise a good amount of money yeah. um, for through that event. Just to talk about a warm day. When we're in the days <laughs> we're in right now, right. is it's always good. Thinking about a warm day. Yes. yes. Yeah. 
Safe Harvard Child Advocacy Center. Our focus this morning with uh, with with with, with uh, Elizabeth McNally, and uh, she is the executive director. SafeHarborVA.org. I was you you mentioned it once, and you you always mention when you come in here a place and a process, mm-hmm. and that really is what is 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 what you are. If if people suspect that there's child abuse, you're not the one they you're not the one that they go to. If if you suspect that, that's something that you should. Uh, Yes. You don't contact law enforcement. We will certainly field calls from community members if they have a suspicion, and we'll make sure that they get to the right place. Um, but what they need to do is contact um, Child Protective Services. There's a hotline number, which is, um, if you're calling from Virginia, the number is 804-786-8536. If you're out of state and you're calling about a child who's in Virginia that you're mm-hmm. concerned about, the number is 800 800- Five five two seven zero nine six, um, and we do encourage. That is the Virginia Department of Social Services. Uh, we encourage people as well to call their local law enforcement and make a report. Uh, it's a dual kind of a dual report: report to law enforcement and report to Child Protective Services. Okay. Um, so again, the hotline is eight zero four seven eight six eight five three six, and we encourage everyone in the community to look out for kids and if they suspect a child is being abused um, they can make reports anonymously as well they don't have to give their name Mm -hmm. um, if that makes them feel more comfortable making a report but we're all we should all think of ourselves as people that need to make reports when we see something it's a a see something say something kind of thing and and maybe everything is innocent but at least if if you if you're suspecting something you you really like you say you can it's 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 good to get uh, let, let another set of eyes or, yes. or people who can question and who know what they're knew what know what to ask right. and are looking for. Right. Right. So. So yes, please. I think there's also if you go to the Virginia Department of Services web social services website, there's more information there about how to make reports as well. But that is the hotline number. So. It must be I, I it, when when you especially when when people are coming in and are, are coming in for interviews and come in for to what needs to be done at, at safe harbor especially for the first time mm-hmm. it's got to be just heartbreaking not only heartbreaking but but, but even for them you're, i'm sure you've, you're just dealing with 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 people that i you're, you're walking into a situation you don't know what's what's going on and where you are and what's what's going to happen oh, and for sure you all i guess have to be trained in how to <laughs> how to handle something like that we do um it's all about being trauma-informed um and the the cac in itself is a trauma-informed environment so everything we do is trauma-informed um Hmm. but we do have a lot of training Um, we try to gain as much information as possible about the children that are coming to us and the families so that we can we can be prepared um but there are times when um, children are receiving services there and the caregiver who has brought them knows nothing about what's been happening mm. and learns in, in the context of that appointment on that day. And so we can be dealing with uh, caregivers who are in crisis. Um, we can be dealing with uh, kids who are in crisis. We've had an increase, crisis beyond coming to a CAC for yeah. Um, yeah. An, an abuse situation, but uh, we've had an increase in the number of kids who've made suicidal ideations um, within the context of their mm. initial appointment. Yeah. Um, and we, I mean, we've seen an increase in that just over the past two years. And so now we're doing additional work to screen kids and make sure they get to where they need to go um, when they're making suicidal ideations. So it's very layered and it does require a lot of training. 
um, to to provide the most trauma-informed service in that moment and bring our best selves to the service in that moment. Um, but again, it goes back to trying to gather as much information as we can ahead of time so that we can be prepared as a team. And we rely on our investigators to help with that um, so that we can be prepared for who's walking through the door. Yeah. Yeah, no. And you, you you talk about your your team and the and, and the kind of, of training and education that that they have to have. Are you still looking for your? I know that. Are you are you still looking for any more team members or? Not at this point. Okay. No, we've got a full team for for now. Uh, we have a full team, and the team is awesome. Uh, yeah, hats off to them because boy, as just yeah. as you describe some of these little things, I I. I just in talking to you, it just brings up a lot of things where I'll be thinking, I never thought of that. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. So like I like I was saying, the most recent kind of challenge that we've come through or come across is is more kids making suicidal ideations. Yeah. Um, so that means that they're either talking about they have had a plan to take their own life. They've been thinking about it. Um, maybe they know how they're going to do it. Um, so sometimes kids have to be referred to um, – immediate clinical intervention um, yeah. like at the hospital. I was just going to say, boy, that's the kind of thing that all of a sudden that may change what what the textbook says, how you're going to yes, do this. exactly. Um, sometimes they're not at a point where they need that immediate intervention. Um, but our folks on my team are doing screenings with them and safety, what we call safety planning. So putting a plan in place to help them be sure that they're going to be safe over the next 24 hours, over the next 48 hours. Hmm. Um, and then those 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 folks are reaching out to them 24 hours later to see, like, how are you today? Talk to the caregiver. Um, so a lot's being it, – it, it, things change. They evolve. And that's the most recent kind of hmm. need that we've seen um, uh, demonstrated by kids, which – it's sad. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. sad. Um, on top of all of this, on all, top of, of what's going on, then all of a sudden that has triggered this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're constantly, we've we've provided opportunities, and I think there's a, a opportunity coming up in a couple of weeks for more training around suicidal. You know, working with kids who might be suicidal. Um, uh, we all go to a training once a year. That's like two and a half days. Um, a, a, conference really and it's geared towards people who mm. work in CAC so we prioritize that as a team and we go get training at that and folks are getting training kind of throughout the year um you tell the, me I think last time we talked about you've had you you've also done tra had training yourself just on how to how to be able to work with the the the, the people that you work with oh and and <clears throat> and, uh, and and just help them through the everyday I have, ups and downs. I have taken some training on it. Um, yeah. I'm also looking, it's it's called, it, it was really secondary trauma training. So when you do this kind of work, um, and my team who was doing it firsthand with kids, they can start to experience secondary trauma of yeah. listening to the disclosures of kids and doing advocacy work. And so I, I have had some training on how to work, how to, how to be a supervisor to those folks. Um, and it's and it's an evolving process, and I am nowhere near being <laughs> fully capable of even doing that myself. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I have prioritized is uh, looking for some funding to bring external folks in to provide some support to mm -hmm. my staff as well, because it's 
it's hard to be a support when you're also in the team who's delivering the services. So it's you, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult thing. So one thing that CACs do sometimes is they bring in external people to provide um, that secondary support to their staff. Um, yeah, it, sometimes it works better to have an external person come in. So that requires some grant funding um, yeah. to, to pay somebody external. So, yeah, but looking after the needs of the staff as well as they're experiencing potentially secondary trauma is very important for the longevity of of the team. Right. Yeah. yeah. You want to keep that in mind too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Safe Harbor Child Advocacy Center. Elizabeth McNally here this morning. One final break and we'll wrap this up. Safeharborva.org. We'll uh, conclude on News Talk 1230 WFVA. This is Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Download the all new News Talk 1230 WFVA app for Apple and Android. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756. And now here's your host, Ted Schubel. Elizabeth McNally here from Safe Harbor Child Advocacy Center, safeharborva.org. And like we said, Elizabeth, if uh, you want to get involved with Safe Harbor, what a great organization to get involved in the, in, in the community. Again, you're not you're not always out there with stuff on your on T-shirts of right. cute little phrases and all these kinds right. of things. But, but, but what you're dealing with, it's so, as we've talked about, I mean, it, it, it is always really sobering to talk to you to realize the, the things that are going on but the things that are going on that you're able to provide it does provide hope it provides hope it helps the kids who have suffered and but also um, the work that we're doing is creating a healthier community down the road <laughs> um, so it, yeah um, we need support and we need to be we need the community to be behind us and continue to be behind us um, Anyone who would like to make a donation, please visit safeharborva.org. There is a donate button on every single page of our website. (laughs) Um, Some folks like to donate kind of the old fashioned way with checks and please call us. If you have a different method you want to use, um, please give us a call. We'll be happy to talk to you. Um, What's your number? Do you know it offhand? Oh, sure. It's 540-891-6280. Okay. Um, any any of us will be happy to talk with you. Um, visit our website. We are trying to increase our Facebook presence as well, so please follow our Facebook page. Where you can find us um, by f- searching at the at symbol C A C Safe Harbor on Facebook and the same handle on Instagram. And if you see if you see in a in a, in a maybe in a, a, a national story or even a statewide story about mm-hmm. the uh, the victims of uh, crime act funding, that impacts Safe Harbor. Correct. So be yep. aware of that, and there's the chance that there could be some significant funding, and that's why all of us getting involved with Safe Harbor is so important. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for saying that because there are strategies at the federal level and at the state level um, in in play to try to resolve that issue. So, um, and if there's questions about how you can be involved, please call and ask for me and I'll be happy to talk with anybody about how they can be involved in the advocacy around that. Um, and again, there is a sign up um, page on our website as well if people wanna start getting our e-newsletter, which only comes every two weeks, but it contains information about. And I will also send out like intermittent um, email newsletters if there's something of a critical time nature, you know. Okay. Uh, 
timely piece. Again, uh, 540-891-6280 if you want to call and uh, talk to Safe Harbor, safeharborva.org. Elizabeth McNally, thank you. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for, thanks thank for what you, you do Jeff, in the community. Thank you. thank you. That is it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the morning. Thanks for listening to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. The views expressed by the hosting guests on this program are their own and not necessarily those of this station, its management, or Centennial Broadcasting. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. The Glenn Beck Program is next on News Talk 1230 WFVA, focused on Fredericksburg.